Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other MP3 player that you might have. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, it's been a quiet couple of weeks in the Star Wars universe. We just have a Blu-ray release, a new series directed and produced by Jon Favreau, and the president exploded about a space force. And of course, there's tons of Star Wars memes there. Other than that, it's been a quiet couple of weeks in the Star Wars universe, but that's okay. We're going to make it exciting for you because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, March 16th, 2016. Episode 57 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and a small group of Hivians are with us tonight. Uh, we'll start it off with the Wookiee co-pilot, as always, never misses a show, Mr. <laughs> Greg Lent. Except for that one time. No, you know what? I don't miss the shows. I miss the mini-episodes. They never seem to be around mm. for the mini-episodes or the trivia night, so I don't know what that is. But anyway, Stevie B... So good to be here with you, my friend. So good to be back with the listeners. So good to talk about Star Wars. And yeah, a little quiet, a little quiet. I was uh, I was contemplating my age, you know. I've just turned 48 this year. And mm. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, am I eligible for the Space Force, guys? Can I be on the Space Force, too? <laughs> oh, I, they would let you in in a second. You have a lot of experience analyzing space battles and, and dramas. Yes. Uh, right? Can- yeah. I understand dropping bombs in space. You... I understand. <laughs> You've got my vote, Greg. I'm, all, I'm, I'm on board with you. Also joining the show tonight, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Scott Ivansky. My God. Steve, I can't call you Stevie B because Greg copyrighted that. I just looked that up. Stevie uh, B thing. Is that Stevie catching B? on? I think so. Oh, boy. Uh, Taking the nation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we are three by five tonight. I had to throw that out there. Three by three. Three by three. I think that's what Dave says. Is, he, four by, is it four by four? Three I know, by three. three? You, yeah, know. you know what? He always goes, it's always, you know, five by five, four by four. I would think it would be four by five if, if one of us is missing and three by five if two of us are missing. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not there's three fifths of the hosts are here. Well, since you can call me Harry Potter, I'm going to go with three by five. Man, tonight. math continues to be hard. God, man, <laughs> we can let this run for 30 minutes just on <laughs> math. Thing, there's one thing that's always consistent. Math is always hard. <laughs> uh, well, well, a couple guys aren't on the show tonight. Uh, for sure, the captain of the is not with us uh, early on the show. And he might join later. We'll mm-hmm. see. Well, you know, it was his birthday um, on the 13th, so the, so he's just had a birthday. Ah. He is 28 years old, you know, and um, from what I understand, he went out with some friends and they were trying this new drug cocktail. It's a mix of cocaine <laughs> and sourdough called the Sweet Chowder. <laughs> and what, and what, happened, what, what happened was the Sweet Chowder 
got him all hopped up, and and his friends all made him fight a newborn baby. <laughs> <laughs> the baby was a young version of himself, time traveling through time, and was trying to take his birthday away. So there was there, it was a, it was a troubling night. So we're oh my god, <laughs> Greg, you just set the precedent for this oh my whole god. show. Oh my god, I'm liking this. You know, this is our first threesome, and I I didn't think I would enjoy it with you two as much as I already am. Frankly, but it's less painful with the uh, the chowder toast. What, oh my what is god. that? Oh my god, sweet oh. chowder, sweet. Chowder. How is my first threesome with two hairy guys that, that make fun of me all the time? Oh boy! Yeah. Uh, and also, not definitively not on the show. Dave, don't ever call him Harry Potter. Is not on the show tonight. He's got some. No kidding. He's got some laryngitis going on. Oh, man. like he can't talk. I was gonna have this nice follow up to it, but I just can't go after that. I, that that's. Mm. Beautiful. You Just can't beautiful. go after that, huh? I can't go after you that. You give it 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome to the show, folks. Uh, if you have ever had laryngitis, you can call our hotline and tell us all about it. That's at uh, 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. In case you can't spell. Thank you, Scott. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash wretched hive podcast and on twitter at wretch hive pod couple of announcements before we get into the news tonight uh, definitely save the date we've got a um our next uh, public event is uh trivia the podcast strikes back yes. round two of trivia at timeless pints that's kicking off thursday may 3rd you want to mark your calendars at timeless pints brewery in lakewood california I will be there. I'm hoping some other uh, Hyvians will be there. Scott's trying to work it out. Um, it, it is a great time. Timeless Pites really treats us well. We love them. It's really my cheers. I just love that place. I go there, fill a growler once a week, and uh, great service and great beer, and great Star Wars fans down at Timeless Pints Brewery. So please join us, if you can, on May 3rd. Uh, the other announcement, we just have to throw this out there. Scott and I produced uh, another uh, mini episode yes. last week with Chef Jason Quinn from the Playground Restaurant in Santa Ana. Go uh, have a listen. It's it's a mini episode 15. Hit the airwaves last weekend. Uh, and uh, Jason Quinn, uh, among other things, won the great food truck race which is the television show a few years ago, opened the playground, a uh, big Star Wars fan, and a really interesting interview. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Steve, I've been slacking a little bit on the uh, promotion online, but I will get all that information out there on all the Facebooks and all the Twitters. Oh, no, Greg is the Twitter guy, but I'm going to talk to the Twitter guy. But talk- I've, been, I've been slacking on the Twitter stuff, too. It's been, oh. it's been a crazy, hectic couple weeks. It has. Space Force. It has. Space Force guy. <laughs> but really, I, I mean, if you're listening to this episode, go back and check that interview out. Uh, just a wonderful guy to talk to. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah. check out his place, the Playground, right? Yeah, yeah. the Playground Restaurant in Santa Ana um, on Main Street right there. Great. we got to have a remote there eventually. We need to get down there. Sure. Great guy. He um, sold me on the pork. Woo, what is going on with that? <laughs> Something's going on on my computer. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's... Uh, we talked about barbecuing pork. And I think... Uh, porg, excuse pork, me. Pork. And I think he said uh, rancor. You yes. probably need to braise it because the meat is kind of tough. A little, yeah, a little gamey, right? A little gamey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
How about that? All right, well, let's get into the news, guys. There's a little bit to cover this week. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Big, big, big news in the Star Wars world this week. And we're going to start it off with a new live-action show. We finally have an official announcement from Lucasfilm about a live-action, I assume to be weekly, television series produced by Lucasfilm, produced by none other than Jon Favreau. Apparently they're borrowing him from the Marvel Universe and sticking him in the Star Wars universe as the exec producer. I think on the show on the on the show intro I may have misspoke. I think I said directed by. Mm-hmm. I was riffing a little bit there, but he's definitely executive producing. But a, it's it's not a big leap. We're talking literally opening a door, walking down the hall and turning into the Star Wars room. <laughs> so That's a great that's a great point. Yeah, he's been producing on Marvel films for a while now. He hasn't really been involved very 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 much as much at least as he was as much as he was in the past he's kind of skipped over and he's done he did the jungle book remake and he's working on uh lion king with beyonce right now is what and he's doing as so. as a uh, producer uh he's directing this uh, oh, the lion is. king movie i believe yeah wow. that's he's he he direct i know he directed um jungle book but i think he's directing the lion king live action movie also you know i uh i had to go back and take a look at his at his filmography if you will because i like i like this guy a lot and i would say mm. that uh iron man if not definitely top three but arguably the best marvel movie that's been out there is the very first iron man Just oh a fantastic god it's so good film. that first iron man yeah so good still but, a solid but a, movie yeah so solid another one that's really good that i don't know if you guys ever saw was uh, zathura it's basically jumanji in space but zathura is a really really good movie it is it's uh fantastic it, it oh. felt like a sequel follow-up to jumanji um and of course there's the obvious one that we all love uh swingers it's just one of those mm. fantastic indie films vegas baby oh such a good yeah. movie but yeah. zathura i always say zathura is that correct Greg, uh, that's, yeah, sure. That's I'm close enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we 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 spar on that a little bit, but uh, no, it's it is. It's a great follow up. Uh, it's a fun little film. I still haven't seen the new Jumanji. Has anyone? Uh, else seen it? It's okay. I saw it. It's all right. All right. It's, it's got it's got the Rock. It's you know he's the Foo Fighters of actors. So <laughs> milk toast. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> on StarWars.com, John Favreau is quoted. Uh, he says, "I couldn't be more excited." Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. That's Kathleen Kennedy saying, I couldn't be more excited about John coming on board to produce and write for the new direct-to-consumer platform, says Kathleen Kennedy. So are we talking about the, like, the StarWars.com, you know, like, channel or app? Is that what she's referencing there? This this is on the Disney version of Netflix that's in the works. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Did they actually announce it, or is are you thinking that's what it's going to be? No, that's that's exactly what they're saying. It will be on on Disney's um, consumer streaming service. Is what it will be. Excellent. Okay. Wow. That is 100 percent confirmed. Yes. Okay, so that's going to be new content. Plus, I imagine the Disney catalog, all the animated films, and everything. Yeah, you know, they haven't announced exactly what's going to be on there, but I can only okay. imagine it's going to be all the Disney properties, all the Marvel properties, all the Lucasfilm properties. So. Yeah. Oh, man, all the Lucasfilm stuff, too. Everything. 
Everything. Oh, Disney. that's going to be awesome. How much is that going to cost me? They well? said it's going to be the last time they made a mention of it. They said it was going to be less than Netflix, and Netflix I think is up to twelve dollars right now. Um, and so you're talking somewhere okay. if it, you know around Hulu cost around eight to somewhere between eight and eleven. Yeah, which is which is a bargain and a half. Yeah, no kidding. You know, yeah, if you're really into the Disney, uh, the whole Disney scene, and definitely everything under their umbrella, definitely check this out. But uh, guys, I'm sold if two movies appear on this new Disney Netflix streaming channel, and that is Bed. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I just lost. <laughs> what? Bed knobs and broomsticks and Song of the South. I'm in. Just yeah, I'm in. Never, you'll oh, never see Song oh, of the oh, South. Are Maybe they gonna bed put? You'll no. never see Song of the South. Never. Oh, You'll never come see on. it. Never. They're not going to no. put Song of the South online? No, I got a digital no. I'm bootleg shocked. of it if you want a copy, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you will never see that. And I don't feel bad saying that on, on radio. So here's the quote from John. He says, If you told me at 11 years old that I would be getting to tell stories in the Star Wars universe, I wouldn't have believed you. I can't wait to embark on this exciting adventure. So John Favreau, yeah. uh, super awesome geek cred guy and i think he's gonna kill it on that's this. money baby yeah money yeah, you are so money yep. yeah uh so uh moving on we had a pretty big week in last jedi news this week we've got the blue well not the blu-ray release but we've got the digital download yes. release of the last jedi it's out there it's out there and um on the pre-show, Greg, you informed me, I wasn't aware of this, that all the bonus material is included in that iTunes package as well. Yeah, I, I checked it out on iTunes myself, but I actually haven't have not pulled the trigger yet. I've been I've been like I said, I've been very busy, but I I am not a fan of owning physical DVDs, so I think I'm just gonna I think I'm just gonna pull the trigger on the d- digital download. Cost the same, I get all the same special features, um, hmm. and I don't need another disc. So I think this is the way I'm gonna go. And uh, for all the fans listening out there, there is the Scott uh, Lifelong Fan Ivansky GoFundMe page <laughs> if you want to support my <clears throat> hesitant Last Jedi purchase funds. I mean, we're you all... bought you... it yet? Nope. Liar. Have not bought it. We only need Liar. to raise like 30 bucks, I mean, to get a pretty good box set for you. So I'm looking at about a year. Right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. That's, only, that's about a dollar per listener, actually. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> Apparently the new thing now is Venmo, guys. Uh, Venmo is the new thing. Do you just give out whatever your username is on Venmo and people just send you cash? I don't know. I don't know what, what's up with that. But uh, huh. I'm, I, a couple of the other podcasts I listen to, they always give out their Venmo IDs and people just like send them, you know, four dollars and 20 cents because they're big stoners or whatever you know yes great greg, greg is correct that is the new thing so if you huh. are on venmo my id is scott nigerian prince ivansky <laughs> please send me cash. i did i got some emails from you i sent you a couple thousand dollars last week oh, you didn't I haven't get received it yet okay. i'll All check right. my bank account uh, so Scott, you hmm. you hated the movie, and and fair enough. I'm we're not going to argue. We we've, we've gone ad nauseum with that right now. We so, beat that horse to death. So you you famously said you weren't buying, but you admitted that that was a, a bald faced lie. So that's okay. But sure. we still don't judge. Um, <laughs> are are you digital download or are you physical copy guy? Well, that's a good question. And when I haven't downloaded or I haven't bought the digital download, so it looks like I'm physical copy guy. However, I'm still holding out. 
I'm I'm really not feeling the urge to go buy this. I want to. You You're know, what? holding out only because it hasn't been released in the store yet. Let's get real, Scott. <laughs> That's a good reason, right? <laughs> so my thing is that I I think I don't need the hard copy, the disc itself, but I don't want to. I'm a little bit afraid to pull the trigger on the digital download because otherwise, I'm thinking now that the bonus materials is there are there, and which I didn't realize. I want to watch this on the way to work tomorrow. So I'm thinking maybe tonight pull the trigger on that iTunes, but then once it hits, you know, the shelves at the good old Target, yeah. am I going to want to Of course you are. pull the trigger on that too and I don't need to. So Greg, what should I do here? Yes. Digital download all the way. You're going to have another disc sitting on your shelf that you're going to that you're just going to be looking at, collecting dust. Mm. And so you buy it on iTunes, and I realize that you're locking yourself into a platform. But I mean, come on, Steve, are you never going to not have Apple products in your house? <laughs> no, never. I, I no, I'm not concerned. It's not the platform that's concerning. It's spending whatever you know, twenty bucks on the digital download or twenty four ninety nine, whatever it is, and then also then having to go buy a disc. Just because I don't have it in a couple weeks, that's that's my. What do you what do you need the disc for? What do you need it for? Do you just I, want the artwork? I don't know. Maybe there's part of me that kind of likes holding it, you know, <laughs> like having it and looking through. Like I know Dave, for instance, Dave has said he always wants the 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 hard copy in his hands, Who doesn't and I kind of understand that. Who doesn't want a hard disc to hold? I mean, come on, let's just <laughs> let's be real. People. That's what she said. <laughs> Dave, Dave Dave still reads books though, guys, like physical actual books. So hey hey, uh, I'm a book a guy. Point. I love reading books. I am reading all 900 pages of x-force omnibus right now so yeah but are you reading on your are you reading on your phone or are you holding a hard copy book at night with a lamp on i am holding a goddamn 25 pound book oh, okay that is seriously i could kill somebody with this book oh. and i'm only on 653 right now and, and uh all i gotta tell you is i still hate rob liefeld <laughs> that son of a bitch I, I i tell you ever since i discovered um the 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 CBR files and the yeah. amount of comic books I can store on my iPad, I it's 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 a whole new world, guys, a whole new world. Mm. Okay, but to be fair, I am a, I'm an old school type of guy in in a very young man's body, <clears throat> but you wish I wish, uh, but I will say this: mm. I am also very fond of the Audible books. Mm. I I do like the Audible books, but yeah. when when there are times where I don't want it read to me. I like to pick up a physical book, just like a great big hard Blu-ray disc. You know what I'm saying? Mm. A Blu-ray disc. Mm. Stiff and hard in your hands. I haven't gotten quite to the 4K level yet. It's too big for me. So so the latest releases (laughs) of the Lucasfilm canon books. Yeah. Like I just read Phasma, finished that a couple of weeks ago, and I'm in. I'm reading Leia now, yeah. which we will have a book review on Leia next time Dave is on the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I so I, I get the book the day it's released, and so it's a hard cover, hard copy of the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, but older stuff, I just download through like iBooks or you know or listen on Audible. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's only the ra- the latest release Star Wars books that I have like in hard copy. Gotcha. Now. So I'm kind of transitioned. Yeah, I, I listen to all of the Game of Thrones books over ah. Audible. Uh, the Harry Potter books, listen to those over Audible. I'm 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 an audiobook guy now. Ah, oh, the Harry Potter books on Audible, I bet are good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all really, they're all very good. Good call. Uh, what's what's the, the guy that does the the um, the voiceover, the reading for uh, the Harry Potter series is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, is he one of the actors or is it a voice? Uh, a voice guy. Um, voice guy. Okay. Yeah, he's done several several things that are out there. You would recognize the name. The guy who does the Game of Thrones runs, Roy Detrees, is also mm-hmm. an actor. He's been in a lot of movies. He's always plays these. It's always the 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 Shakespearean roles or the just the the stuffy English roles. Um, mm-hmm. But he's very good on the, with the Game of Thrones books as well. Got it. Cool. Uh, so there are apparently 14 deleted scenes back to the last Jedi, um, in this package that you get with a movie. And one that made some news this week was, um, the scene between Phasma, uh, and, um, Finn. Finn. Thank you. Phasma, the battle between (laughs) Phasma and Finn. You know, we have a problem with names on this show. We do. Yeah, we uh, record late and we drink, so uh, that's Jim part of Dale. It by the way, was the uh, voice talent for the oh, Harry Potter. Jim Dale. Jim Dale. Jim Dale. Thank you. Right. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. The Finn so that deleted and... scene added some depth to a little bit to that uh, to that relationship. I, I there with Phasma and Finn. Greg, have you seen this? I did. I, I posted it to our Facebook feed. Oh. Um, it was yeah. I. I I watched that, and you know, and the effects are rough. You know, they're obviously unfinished. But I'm like, why did they cut this part out instead of what they put it? Because I'm not a hater of the how it was in the movie. I thought it played out fine. It was, you know, it was. I don't. I don't think she. I think that Phasma got kind of a, a better death if it is an actual death because you don't see the actual body at the end there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that it was a, a better demise, if you will, than Boba Fett's was. Um, but as it played out in the deleted scene, it just brought a whole new nuance to the character. I'm like, why did they get rid of this? Yeah. And, you know, I'll add that having just read the Phasma book and then seeing that deleted scene on the, on the uh, tail end of reading that book, uh, in the book, Phasma is a, she's like a kick-ass warrior. I mean, she, they don't do her any justice in the movie. They really haven't. Um, the, the book is fantastic in terms of character development for Phasma, you really understand her motivation. Okay, but this is one of the arguments that I've had about this movie, and this Mm. would actually bleed back into The Force Awakens, um, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Phasma's character in the expanded new universe that Mm. they're building is amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have the the, the four-issue limited series, uh, Phasma, Mm. and you have the book, and in that limited series... She's heartless and ruthless and just bloodthirsty at some point. You don't get that. You get this goofy sense of a person in a big silver chrome outfit, and I mm-hmm. never feel threatened by her. And she's not a an imperial lemming. She's not a no, shiny yeah. stormtrooper. She's out for herself, and she's mm-hmm. trying to work her way up in the hierarchy of the empire. Oh yeah. And it's uh, or the resist uh, not the not the resist the first order. And order. and she's uh she's she's actually I have a lot of respect for Phasma having read the book well, compared to just watching the movies. But you haven't read the comic. No, I like haven't. I need to se- check that out. Let's trade. The limit definitely. Okay. The limited series is I, I got to tell you fantastic hmm. and um when did that come out? I'm going to say within the last six months to a year. Okay. Greg, uh, have you looked at that? I haven't seen that one either. I think it's CBR files. I think it, I believe it's four issues and it just tells the story of 
Now, we all know, because in this deleted scene, it talks about how she basically gave up the First Order by mm-hmm. shutting down mm-hmm. the shields, which allowed the, the base to be destroyed. And Finn calls her out on that in front of her troops. Right. Yeah. The whole basis of the four-issue limited series is based on that, and she's hunting down the one person that knows that she did this. And so she finds this person by hiring one of the uh, First Order TIE pilots to take her all over the galaxy and hunt this person down. In the, in, there's a moment, there's a twist moment that happens with her and the TIE pilot that's just like right out of Game of Thrones brutal. Wow. And, and at cool. one point I'm like, I hate this character so much, but in the sense that I love how they played her out. Yeah. And I'm like, why couldn't I see that on screen? Oh, I need to check this out. Five minutes. I need I need those. Yeah, you I'll do. I'll give you the book. I'll trade up with the with yeah, you on those. I'll, I'll dig them out okay. of the, the, the junk room. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I don't know if I would go so far as to say that, that they made her, uh, what do you call her, goofy? Is yeah. that what you, what you, what her performance? I don't know if I would go that far, mm. but um, horribly underserved. I would totally agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only reason I use goofy, maybe I'm exaggerating that point, Greg, but yeah, I, I really feel like there's moments that are played to almost like a threes company episode where she like, you know, like when in force Awakens she confronts Finn, you know, Oh, we, we need to, you know, inspect whatever you're having a malfunction or whatever. And it's like, you know what? She's smarter than that. She's leading the, the entire division of troopers. So why, why is she played off as this kind of like, not all there kind of, not quite as sharp or as intelligent as we know she could be or is. And after reading the books and or the comics and the book, mm-hmm. you know that she is, she really is root, uh, like brutally ruthless and, mm-hmm. and cunning. And yeah. And you're right. She is, she's all in for herself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was just a ruthless uh, leader slash warrior on her home planet of Parnassos or whatever it's, however it's pronounced. And, uh, you know, she, she took advantage of being found by, by, uh, Hux and the first order. And it's, it's a, it's a really good backstory that we don't get any of in the movie. She seems just so pathetic and she gives up, you know, she turns off the shields, uh, in the force awakens and, you know, allows the, uh, um, I want to seem that I'll forever say the rebellion in the empire. I know, but it's the resistance. <laughs> it's the resistance um, and the first order, to, and the first order, and the resistance to come in and and destroy Starkiller Base. You know, it's she's just such a pathetic little character. Yeah, um, and Under, having looked as cool as she does, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of disappointing. I think we've covered this in previous episodes. Also in the book, I will add really quick, Scott, um, that they talk about. They actually show you in the book how she obtains the the steel for her armor which okay. i think we talked about is uh from the ship right from episode 1 oh uh, is that is that did they did they make that canon that's actually where it came from that is canon yes okay. yeah it's nice. really cool sam yeah. i'm good with that i like that connection even yeah. though I, we've discussed how horrible we hate the prequels and all that but i think that's a a great way to tie that in a, a real small way but wonderful um but again just a little bit of backstory i don't mind if a movie like the last jedi is two hours and 34 minutes or whatever i would love to see some of that that's that's the drama and that's the intensity i want to see in a star wars film yeah yeah 
Well, that's the beauty of Star Wars now. You've got the ability to go and do flashbacks, not in the movies, but in the comics and the books. Yeah. It's kind of kind of a cool thing they've got they've got building here. You know, see, that's and I've argued this with you guys on the show, and I I love that we get the back the stories, the books, the the comics, uh, the multimedia that's out there. But what really bothers me is that I have to get that type of intense drama or character building mm-hmm. on expanded universe. Mm-hmm. I I love that it was there before, but it was never. You could feel fulfilled in the movies, where I feel now there's empty gaps that I have to go do it, and it mm. it, it makes it feel like it's now a marketing tool. Well, for years, Star Wars allowed the extended universe to do that with the Skywalkers and the Solos right. through books that they have now just like, you know, washed away magically with their, uh, you know, Disney magic their, made them, made them go away. Their Mickey wand. That's right. Greg, oh. you wanted to pipe in? Yeah. I, I just, I, I see what you're saying, Scott. I just don't know how you could go so far into backstory for so many characters. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at the original trilogy, the, in the first movie, the only person we got a backstory on was Luke. That's it. Han's a smuggler, Leia's a princess, Ben Kenobi fought in wars a long time ago, and Darth Vader's the ultimate badass. The only person who really got any type of story build was Luke. How do you build for that many characters throughout these movies? That's a good I just point. don't see how you do it. Yeah. I, okay, fair enough. Um, I'll give you the Luke thing, but obviously there was a Skywalker connection, so we do get a lot of backstory for Vader, and we do get a lot of backstory for Leia. There is some drama and build up there, from Empire to Return of the Jedi. No matter how much we love or hate those movies, those movies do try to give you a fuller view of it. Obi-Wan is the one, his ghost comes back to tell Luke, you know, basically the whole story. And but is that backstory, though? Yeah. When he's sitting there telling the whole thing about, you know, talking about Leia and how he had to separate the twins and hide Leia so, mm. you know, the offspring of, of Skywalker wouldn't be found. And I, I that's... That's intriguing to me. It may be boring. That, that was in the third movie, Scott. That was in the third movie. Right. It, but it was in the movie. Mm. Yeah. I didn't have to go to a comic book to find that out. I didn't mm. have to go to a, a novel to find that out. I see where you're going. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, I respect what you're saying, Greg. I, I do see. I'm, I'm okay with this new stuff. I just find it weird that they're purposely putting stuff out there. In the case of Phasma, okay, let's just take Phasma for one second. When we saw the original previews and the teasers and the trailers for Force Awakens, we were all intrigued by these new characters, Mm -hmm. were we not? Yeah. And you see what is basically being amped up to be a very similar idea of Boba Fett, even though she's a stormtrooper and she's a leader of a stormtrooper, she's a chrome glowing badass that's walking down this hallway which is very reminiscent of an imperial like a death star or a star destroyer but mixed with a very natural setting like a cave that was one of the first scenes we ever saw phasma in the teaser there we go from there and we're like oh my god i want to know more about this character and what happened when we all saw uh, the force awakens we were all let down by the fact that we didn't know hardly anything at all about phasma and she gets dumped into a trash compactor with very little to do. To me, that was the most disappointing part of that movie. A, a, a movie that I otherwise loved, but right. I couldn't believe how they did Phasma in that movie. But just from our discussion right now, <clears throat> if you read the book and you read the four-issue limited series comic book, mm-hmm. you got so much incredible backstory. And, and let's just forget about that. Take, seriously, five minutes of storytelling out of that and put that back into the film. 
edit it mm-hmm. in a way or a manner that gives you just a hint of backstory. Boba Fett was ominous. Boba Fett was a crazy character that we didn't know anything about, but you knew who he was based off of those very limited amount of screen time moments with him and Vader on the, the deck of the Star Destroyer. You you got him on Cloud City, you know, no disintegrations. I mean, you knew this character meant business, but you wanted to know more. With Phasma, I don't know. There's a moment where I'm like, you know what? I hope she doesn't survive. It, it rang a little hollow. Yeah. It, until until the books in the comics. She didn't yeah. feel threatening yeah. to me. She didn't feel like no. a character that was being built up in the in the previews and the trailers. That's all. That's that's my thing. Well, got to jump back to the release of uh, The Last Jedi. Just one last little story here. Uh, Ryan Johnson uh, celebrated the release of the Blu-ray by eating a porg. <laughs> yeah. He carved up a porg cake. We have a nice picture. I'm not going to play the video. <laughs> oh, my God. But it is a, it is a somebody just just crushed this porg cake. I mean, it uh, looks fantastic. Just in case Greg's not seeing this, whose <clears throat> hand is he holding next to him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Johnny on the spot. <laughs> I love that guy. I love Ryan. Yeah, uh, he's a great guy. I, I like Ryan Johnson, too. I do, too. Um, all right, so let's move on from this. Uh, let's so a lot of success for Star Wars at the Academy Awards. Tons. Oh, Woo. wait a minute. No, no, <laughs> didn't win shit. No, but we did have a few nominations, and, and, there's a, and no, and deservedly so. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that's a good point. A good point. Uh, there's a nice article, though. I'm not going to read too much of it, but just at latimes.com. Go take a look at uh, article search for how much gold can lie in 45 Oscar losses. In the case of John Williams, the answer is tons. That's that's hurtful right there. That's a great review of the movies that he did the music for that didn't win, according uh, here in, in uh, LATimes.com. Of course, Empire of the Sun is highlighted here as one of the great... Yeah. Um, pieces of music that he produced that did not win. Um, let's see. There's, of course, Jaws, E.T., Schindler's List. Uh, the list goes on and on. Superman, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Home Alone, Harry Potter. All of these uh, done by the maestro, J. Will, who has uh, didn't win for any of those. But So there's a nice article here about him on latimes.com. I also want to add, before we get off of John Williams really quick, they are recording as of now. They are last week. They were at Abbey Road Studios in England, recording the soundtrack for the Solo standalone film, which we know now as Solo. Um, Solo is Star Wars story. Ron Howard tweeting: Abbey Road, exciting day as full orchestra begins recording. Great score under John Powell, including a new Han Solo theme by. John Williams. J. Will. J. Will. Yeah. You know what? I want to say this right now. Uh, I apologize to all of our fans, all of the Star Wars community, for giving Ron Howard so much shit about mm. being milk toast. Because in all those hashtags that he puts out there, and he is a Twitter maniac. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, I feel bad that there is no J. Will on there. Mm. No, I we, gl- <laughs> we glossed him as J. Will. I know, but it's yeah. not being used. Yeah. And I, I apologize. Ron, if you're listening, and I know you are, because you're a big fan, 
please, uh, I'll take the milk toast comment back and just start using the hashtag JWill, please. Well, let's not let's not take off the milk toast moniker for him until we see the film. Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah, it's not like he's directed anything good before this. Not at all. Right. Uh, So the the rage now, guys, has been like with Justice League, for example, the latest example. Zack Snyder was in there. He came off and Joss Whedon comes in and finishes up and they release the movie. It sucks. And everybody's like, where's the Zack Whedon cut? Are we going to have clamoring for a Lord and Miller cut of Solo? Good Lord, I hope not. I don't you know what? I'm going to reserve my right to uh, to judgment on this until mm. I see the film. I'm I'm actually I'm pretty pumped about this film. I am. Well, if the trailer is any evidence, yeah. it looks pretty good. And by the way, if the trailer to the um, Beastie Boys oh. song is any evidence, look, that was like my highlight of the last two weeks. I've probably watched that fifty times. Fair <laughs> enough so to good. all the people that want to scream at my face, and I've had a few actually send me private messages. Thank you. I won't call you out by name, but I love you people. Mm. Uh, let me just say this. I know it's overused, but my God, the editing on that is brilliant. So good. So, so brilliant. Good. So, but, but it's, the... it's amazing how well that song, um, and I agree with the overused part, but it's amazing how well that song fits into every goddamn trailer that's out there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We got to work it into the show somehow. We yeah. Figure that out. Let's do it. Uh, I just have to say also, last story on John Williams, uh, this uh, widely reported, but I'm quoting from uh, comicbook.com, John Williams hints at retiring from the Star Wars saga. Say it isn't so, but iconic composer John Williams created the epic themes of Star Wars over four decades. It sounds like that time will be coming to a close in the near future. Uh, While speaking on Los Angeles radio station KUSC, fight on Trojans uh, Williams <laughs> revealed that he might be done with the franchise after composing Star Wars episode 9 so it sounds like guys we're going to get uh, a new Han Solo theme from J. Will here for Solo we're going to get a uh, a composition for Star Wars episode 9 and that might be it for the maestro I'm okay so, yeah yeah, I, I I think I agree with this guy. I think I'm okay with that. I mean, the dude is, what, approaching 90? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I apologize if I'm way off on his age, but isn't he getting close to that age here? Got to be. He's got to be really close. Can we put the crack research team on that really quick? Let's, how old is John Williams? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, need a, I need a John Williams t-shirt. There's a kid that... Uh, Google. I'm, yeah, I'm on it. If you, if you go to... Um, if you search, just do a Google search. Not right now, but in your he spare is, time he's he's 86 guys 86. 86 years young so uh if you search for john williams t-shirt there's one out there that's uh his face and it just says like john williams down the side i need that shirt yeah i want a john williams t-shirt but that's the only one i can find i want to design one or something we need a john williams t-shirt we need a john williams wretched hive shirt yes without violating any copyright laws copyright has that ever stopped us? Disney.com. <laughs> um, you know, no, I'm, I'm I, I need too, to make one. Um, while you're while you're pondering the the shirt here, yeah, we, we there's there's a Luke theme, there's a Leia theme. There's never been a Han theme, has there? No, there hasn't. Um, let me. I, I there's did, been a Han and Leia theme. Well, it was renamed. It was not originally called Han and Leia. Okay, uh, that was after they remastered and did the double disc set. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to forget the year, but it was re-released with the extra material that was not in the original vinyl release in 1977, 78. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to throw a bunch of John Williams uh, props out there because um, I've given The Last Jedi a lot of shit. And I love that you guys yeah, you have. want to go back and forth with me. I really appreciate it. I still think that there are some fantastic moments in this movie, although I have a lot of problems with it. Okay, move on. We've been there. One we know. of the biggest... I need, to, I need to set this up for this. <laughs> One of the biggest things, and I've said it before, but I'm going to really emphasize it now, because you brought this up, Steve, with yeah. the Academy Awards... John Williams' score for this soundtrack is so good. I have bought the CD. Um, I passed on The Force Awakens. I think I did eventually get a copy from you, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry if that's a terrible copyright law infringement thing. You mean I lent you the CD? You, you and did. You, you borrowed did. it for, you a, borrowed week. It for yes, about a week, and I just you. I loved it. Thank God, you. Yes. Keep us out of jail. God, sorry. Uh, but <laughs> I will say that I purchased the Last Jedi disc, and it is so good Mm. the themes that he builds off of all the characters that we've known and loved the luke and yoda relationship there's some fantastic moments in there john williams at 86 years old or probably 85 when you were recording this brilliant score my friend i i you yes he is my friend he's on my twitter um but you know what you deservedly needed that oscar for this one i really think Mm. it was a fantastic score you know, in this article on commonbook.com, I'll just throw this out there. John Williams uh, gets a little whimsical about Daisy Ridley and, and her, pa- and her yeah, right <laughs> and her parentage. He says, quote, Ray's parents might be identified to us in the next film. I don't believe they are nobody's either. You're goddamn right, Johnny. Williams said, <laughs> I believe they are Kenobi's. See, wh- what? What? <laughs> no. Nah. I made that up. I made that part up. Uh, uh, this is real. He goes on to say, quote, Ray, of course, is played by Daisy Ridley, who I so loved in The Force Awakens. And last year, when Kathleen Kennedy rang me up and said, would you do the last music for The Last Jedi? I said to her, is Daisy in it? And she said, yes. So I said, yes. So apparently he loves some Daisy Ridley just as much as we do. Dude, you are a horn dog, my friend. I am uh, <laughs> high five in the J Will right now. <laughs> well, he's got good taste. He does. He's got really good taste. Love you, man. Oh man. So, um, all right. So let's see. Covered that. Covered that. Oh God, this was huge last week. How did we? How did I almost forget this? Mark Hamill got his his star on the Walk of Fame. Steve, Hack. how could you? Yeah, in, in Hollywood, <laughs> California, uh, this according to theforce.net and everywhere you can look this up. Uh, Mark Hamill's Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony is available online. Uh, I mean, so deserving for for this uh, for this honor. Uh, we talked about on the last show. I think he probably should have a Walk of Fame just for his work as the Joker. Yes. Um, setting aside all the Star Wars stuff. Um, but it was a really fun ceremony. Um, there's a picture on our Facebook page. Yes, Steve, how could you forget this article? Yeah. Because you yeah. are literally... I don't know how I forgot. ...in the photo. It was just a regular day. Just, it was just you know, a day, Got right? to meet Mark and George. George and Harrison. Harrison. And got to Photoshop myself <laughs> in with them. <laughs> uh, 
uh, guys, I'd like to I'd like to say that uh, it was great having Steve out there. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for being here, Mark. Uh, thank you. Good job, man. Good Thanks, job. Harrison. Yeah, that's a, that. That was uh, exclusive. Wretched Hive audio there. If you can Harrison do a bad book. George, I can do a bad Harrison. Okay? Uh, Steve, <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? Uh, Who let this guy in? George, uh, faster and more intense. Shut up, Harrison. You're only a you're only <laughs> so a what, movie star because so, of me. So what's the story, Steve? Why didn't you go down there anyway? Because that was like, looks like right next to drops. Isn't I it? know. Well, so I work on the west side. I work a few miles from the Walk of Fame, a short train ride. Um, but I I had some meetings I had to be in for the pressing matters for the day job, and I could not pull away. You're like, guys, I got a podcast. There's Star Wars shit <laughs> happening down the street. Mm. Peace out. Yeah, I, know you got, I know you motherfuckers want to get skinny, but you know what? Have a donut. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to throw myself under the bus on this one. All right. Uh, guys, as you know, I am currently available during the days. Mm. I, mm. I am working... Uh, that's a very politically correct way of saying you're unemployed. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> kind of. Fun, yeah. kind unemployed, of. as Dave's better halves likes to say. Unemployed. Fun employed. Yeah. Yeah. I've really been hitting up Dave at the 99 cent store, but he won't take me on. Um, <laughs> however, uh, I did get a lot of shade, or as us old guys used to say, a lot of shit from my own wife when she said to me, Hey, did you know that... Um, Linda Carter is getting a, a star on the Walk of Fame. No kidding. And I said, I'm going to be there. And I said, I feel really bad because last week, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, got a star on the Walk of Fame. And she said, and how the fuck were you not there? You go, Karen. <laughs> My own wife gave me shit for not being a Star Wars fan and being at the Walk of Fame star ceremony you know that's a great point uh <laughs> mrs zavansky why the hell weren't you i didn't even think about that why didn't you go up there I don't, it was a school day yes i was uh, in school that day <laughs> in, in your defense you are in school so you you are you know not sitting around in your underwear playing games video well, games anymore anymore yeah <laughs> normal oh, any more than normal however steve was there and there is evidence on our page mm. Yeah, yeah, and I saw later somehow they retook the photo and slipped on Wretched Hive T-shirts. No, no, no. Let me let me put this correction out there so people who are confused by going to our page, uh, there was a copyright infringement mm. issue. Mm. We did get the release forms, and so the Photoshop suits that you saw in the original photo, mm. they have been removed, and the proper attire is on Harrison. And Mr. Hamill. What did you put, like gold Leia bikinis on them, or what? (laughs) (laughs) Wretched Hive shirts, my Uh, friend. All right, the best in the world. Well, talking about Mark Hamill, the other story with with Mark involved that was out (laughs) and about this last week that actually this became an internet echo chamber story. I don't know if you guys caught this, but somebody posted about what exactly was Luke Skywalker's plan in Return of the Jedi. Uh, for saving his friends there on Cloud City. Uh, uh, and this kind of went berserk. This is uh, from avclub.com, but it was widely reported everywhere, and especially the Twitter was all over this. Uh, go, I, So I'm not going to recall a lot of it, but go go check it out. It, it, it hit big time. I think if you want to really truly understand the the Wretched Hive's position on Return of the Jedi, go back and listen to Episode 3 
it was actually episode three, you guys, where we took down this movie. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it was that old because it just seems like yesterday, but go listen to Wretched Hive Podcast episode three and you'll learn quickly uh, our feelings about Return of the Jedi. Okay, first of all, how Did we trippy... we go over the beginning of this movie and how ridiculous his plan is? <laughs> really I, I don't remember. I want to propose that we revisit this issue and discuss this very... What is this a Reddit? What what is this? Uh, this is from avclub.com. Okay. But if you, you can search Twitter for, there was a huge Twitter thread on this. Okay, it, uh, it, it may have originated either on Twitter or on Reddit. One it could have been two, Reddit. So. Okay. Could have been Reddit as the originator. You're right. Greg. We we need to revisit this, and I think mm. specifically this whole plan. I think it's fantastic. I love it. We can we can love it. We can hate it. We can you know agree with it. I don't care. But I think we need to revisit it. However, the fact that we addressed this in episode three and yeah. it was the third film released in the franchise. Ooh. Damn, we are, some, we are on it. Uh, there's some serendipity there for sure. Uh, the third paragraph here in this story, and then we'll move on. I quote, This series of missteps, failures, and dumb luck coincidences forces us to wonder, what the hell was the plan here? What if Jabba had just accepted the droids as payment? <laughs> would, <laughs> would Luke have left him there? How was Leia planning on freeing Chewie after she rescued Han? Was Luke's only good idea to Jedi mind trick Jabba? And after that didn't work, he had to improvise? What the hell was Lando doing? <laughs> so, great fun little article on avclub.com. I, uh, I just love that where, it, where he's like, and I offer these two droids. And Jabba's like, oh, yes, I love droids, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great. All right. See you later, guys. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, we are definitely readdressing this because I'm bringing up that article that I posted originally. Yeah, bring the, it up. The 50 reasons why Jedi sucks plus this article. We are going to have a heyday. It's been two years. We haven't bashed Jedi enough. We let's, need to go back to let's that. Let's do it. Uh, so we need to wait until Nico and, and Dave are here. I'm sure they'd want to weigh in on that <laughs> for sure. So moving on, uh, another piece this week that uh, we need to just mention briefly. There was an SNL skit created. Uh, featuring um, oh my gosh, who's that? Charles Barkley. Barkley, yes, Charles Barkley as a Jedi, full in full Jedi garb. Uh, and this was a funny little skit that actually didn't air, probably because it wasn't hilarious. It was it. I would I would characterize this as moderately funny, maybe yeah. not hilarious, and maybe not airworthy, but it was released online. By SNL again. I'm looking at comicbook.com. Uh, Cut for time. Uh, Star Wars SNL. You can search this on uh, YouTube and find it pretty easily. It's a cute little skit. And they they did a nice job with the production value. Um, the whole premise is that uh, how does everyone understand everyone else's alien languages? And Charles Barkley is the only one that doesn't understand anything but English. So it's pretty funny. Uh, or I guess basic in the Star Wars universe. But uh, go check it out. Uh, SNL on uh, YouTube. Pretty good stuff. It's actually very clever. I, I, I laughed the whole way through. I'm like, why? We, what, with as unfunny as Saturday Night Live is right now, why do you decide to cut that? Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Um, all right. Let's see. Where are we? We are. Okay. Ooh, Daisy Ridley gave an interview that was covered by oh, uh, Sci-Fi Wire. Oh, did she ever? Oh, my God. Mm. 
Playboy.com. No. Sorry, sci-fi. <laughs> that was something else. Oh sci-fi Wire, uh, where the title of this article is, Wait, did J.J. Abrams write unused drafts of Star Wars Episode 8 and 9? Turns out he did, or he may have. Uh, oh, so says, that's uh, what went wrong. Okay, I'm now I'm I'm on board. Well, let's, let's talk. This story says though Ryan Johnson certainly made Star Wars: The Last Jedi his own, he wasn't working entirely from scratch. A new interview with Star Wars star Daisy Ridley tells us that J.J. Abrams, the co-writer and director for the previous film Star Wars: The Force Awakens, apparently wrote story drafts for both Episode Eight and Nine. So here you have J.J kind of writing out like the treatment for a trilogy hands it off to Ryan who apparently took it in to the bathroom and his... wiped his ass with it what what are you saying Steve oh did I just say that go ahead oh my god <laughs> well I love you Ryan uh, she uh, she she's quoted in this article as saying here's what I think I know this is Daisy really speaking J.J. wrote Episode 7, as well as drafts for 8 and 9. Then Ryan Johnson arrived uh, and wrote The Last Jedi entirely. I believe there was some sort of general consensus on the main lines of the trilogy, but apart from that, every director writes and realizes his film in his own way. Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams met to discuss all of this, although Episode 8 is very is still his very own work. I believe Ryan didn't keep anything from the first draft of episode eight. So there was a draft of eight from JJ that was essentially scrapped yeah. by Ryan's Johnson in favor of The Last Jedi. And I I, I, I want to hear from you two on this because this is quite a revelation. I Do, do we think, first of all, that we will ever see Greg Lent that draft of episode eight that JJ put together. And if we do, what could it possibly be like? See, now we're, now we're getting into the territory. I was just talking about five, 10 minutes ago of the Zach, we, the, the Zack Snyder cut of justice league. This is yeah. what we're going. This is what we've devolved down to guys is we're just, we're looking for things that they're unicorns. They don't exist. It's not mm. there. There may have been a treatment, but I guarantee there was a treatment for the stories anyway. It's the same thing with the George Lucas treatments. There's a George Lucas treatments for seven, eight, and nine that just poof up in smoke. They're just they're not there, guys. They're they're gone. That were bought by Disney and then scrapped. Right? Yeah, they're gone. They got it they're all. Gone. Yeah. 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 I mean Scott there, there's there's there is no episode episode eight draft by J.J. Abrams that's was anywhere near filmable at all. I, I if anything, it's a treatment. But okay, okay, okay. So you talk treatment. With your knowledge of this industry, how much of that, how many pages is a treatment to you? What are you, what are you talking about? When you're talking about Star Wars as a trilogy, Greg, what are you talking about here? Well, uh, a, from my understanding, a Hollywood script is about a page a minute. Correct. So, a 120-minute movie is about a 120-page script. Gotcha. Math is hard, but think, we got that. I would think, at most, you got 30 to 50 pages. 
So I would think a treatment is more like an uh, a, a detailed outline, right? It, it's not not necessarily, and I am not a a contrary to popular belief. I am not a Hollywood screenwriter, so <laughs> so I I don't know any of this. But my understanding is a treatment is more like an outline. Well, two years into this, and now I'm getting this information. Yeah, sorry I to, to disappoint. I need to figure this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I that's that's a fair assumption. Thirty, let's say thirty pages um, of a really fleshed out outline, basically. Yeah. I. It uh, may be short, like you may be right, Steve. It may be just a highly detailed outline, but I think that that even still, there's there's things that you gotta, there's situations you gotta set up in the treatment, and there's things that there's there's story that you have there's. <laughs> here we go with the background. There's background to the story that has to be provided so you can have the scene make sense. So yeah. that's why I say 50 pages. It may be shorter, but I don't think it's any longer than that. I think I, I think that's a long treatment if it's at 50 pages. Okay, so given the vitriol and the fan outrage, outrage in some cases. I don't know what you're talking about. Scott Ivansky. <laughs> uh, but, but even beyond, and, and Scott, you yeah. know, there's a lot of joking around on this show but online and stuff and stuff online there was a there was a hugely negative fan reaction to this to this movie yeah uh do you think there's any still to this day sitting at like 48 percent on oh it's actually it's 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 shocking to me but i i get it because that was my first my first response was my god this is gonna split star wars fans and i was right um Scott, are we gonna? Do we have any chance of ever knowing what the JJ vision was here? Or, I mean, to me, I'll just throw this out there. I think Lucasfilm is way too protective of its people yeah. and would never do that to Ryan. But I think there's enough fan passion about this in particular that, you know, leaks happen. I, I'm gonna go beyond that. I'm gonna say. Yes, I agree with you. They do protect their own. Yeah. But I will also say that there's been enough information pumped out there from all the previous stuff we've seen. Multiple versions, multiple re-releases, uh, obviously the digital uh, alterations that have gone on with Lucas and everything. That there is enough that they could word this or spin this in a way that you could get a fan, like almost like a fan service hey, check this out. This was the idea and the plan we were going with. This is what we obviously ended up with and we appreciate and love the most. Mm. But you could see this is where we built it from. Do we have copies of all the drafts prior to Lucas filming episode four? Yeah. Yeah, we do. I have copies of every single version of that on my computer at home. Yeah. I've read multiple either official documents i've read fan versions of things i've i've talked i've got 120 pages of the one of the early internet drafts of all the different mistakes and errors mm. and uh deleted scenes and you name it there's enough interest in this franchise that i think they could do it in a way that wouldn't insult ryan johnson's vision but could service the fans enough to keep us you know, frothing at the mouth. Uh, I totally agree. And all you need to do right now, Scott, is go on to 
iBooks and download Rinsler's Making of oh, A yeah. New Hope. Oh, yeah. And you've got the entire, the first six drafts of the scripter there when Luke was a female and you've got all oh, these yeah. different characters interacting completely differently than they ended up on screen. I think it would be so cool. Yeah. So my first thought was this would be so neat to see what George's outline was and what JJ's was and compare that to Ryan's. Sure. And then the other, now I might get some hate because of this, but well, I got to yeah. throw this out there. Well, you are the Kenobi supporters. So this, that's me... true. This, this, uh, this, this segment of the wretched hive podcast is sponsored by Lisa Baldwin <laughs> right now because <laughs> she, you're, you're throwing she, your wife under she, the bus, not under the bus. Okay. I'm elevating her status because Ooh. she is a huge fan of the twilight series. She, <laughs> she loves the twilight books <laughs> The Wretched no, Twilight is our the, podcast coming up next. Stay that, tuned. That's right, and uh, so she there's some there's a lot of Twilight fan fiction out there, and one of the coolest. Uh, why are you laughing at me? Don't laugh at me. I'm not laughing at you. Okay. One of the coolest things about that is that you've got the Twilight book in the movie that was horrible, and even she admits it's horrible. The you got the book, but you've also got fan fiction that essentially is a rewrite of the book told from another character's perspective. So what if, like, let's say J.J. Abrams' perspective or, or a treatment of of uh, of The Last Jedi, or of Episode Eight, I should say, was told from just a little bit tweak, like tweak the angle, give it from Kylo's perspective. Let's see that movie from Kylo's perspective. Or from another, or, you know, from, I don't know, um, Haldo's perspective or Leia's perspective. I think that would be so cool to see these films from different perspectives of the different characters uh, hit on the same story points but told from a different perspective. They, I would go see the movie again. It's the same movie told from somebody else's perspective. That would put my ass in the theater again. And I'm just wondering if maybe some of these other scripts could have been written that way and you call it star wars a different point of view oh brilliant <laughs> love boom. it okay boom i i am in on this but i want i've held back so much oh even God. though i know a lot of people say i haven't i'm gonna say this fuck haldo okay i'm tired of this nonsense about her we have issues with that we all know those issues you're so mean i am Man. i'm angry did you I'm, see? Did you see the uh, the comment from Ryan Johnson that just came out within the past day or so? It's something that shows up in the special features here, the DVD. Every time she was, they show her firing a laser. You can hear her mouthing the words "pew pew" whenever oh, she really? shoots her gun. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh. So in in the book Leia, I've I've just I'm about twenty five percent done with it. It's revealed that well, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Maybe I should wait till the book review. No, I already put no, this no, out. No, 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 no. Haldo and Leia know each other from their teen years. Okay, their late childhood. They've been friends, and it adds a little dimension to their relationship in the Force Awakens. That, or sorry, in the Last Jedi. That's not there in the film. Shocking. We don't have character development in there the Last Jedi. Oh my god. I, I am perfectly fine with all of the secondary ter tertiary characters and so on and so forth down the line having their backstories left behind this movie was already long enough as it was we had to get the canto fucking bite we didn't need to know about Haldo 
We could have dropped all of that stuff. Greg, we need to talk, my friend. We need to have some rewrites. Let's just do a Wretched Hive version Ooh. of The Last Jedi. Oh, my God. It's our dream, Scott, I let's think. Let's do it. So let's, let's make the it. movie we want to see, damn it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think even Greg, come on, back me up on this. There are things. Obviously, the Canto Bite sequence, we could talk about rewriting that moment. Couldn't we? Yeah, uh, okay, so if, if we're going to do this, we're going to get into it now. So I, I would scrap I would scrap Canto Bite. I would have uh, Finn and Rose. Um, so so Rose is, is obviously, you know, security of some sort. So instead of having her just trolling the decks down there looking for people who are deserters, she's a guard in the, in the, in the you know, brig, prison, whatever you want to call it. Mm, and, nice. you, and you throw Benicio Del Toro's character in that brig and somehow you get Finn down there maybe he's looking for something or whatever and then that's how that relationship starts is just down in the brig and you avoid canto bite altogether i love it oh you just you just cut out 20 minutes of the film just like that that <laughs> makes too much sense greg i i am high-fiving your ass through skype right now so oh. thank you so much just don't high-five my ass you're sitting right next to me <laughs> no oh I, I did that yeah. earlier i did that. softer next time damn it all right. Uh, all right, guys, we're yeah. we're moving on here. Um, okay, <laughs> we'll discuss. You know what? We'll discuss a rewrite of the Last Jedi when everybody's on board. Yeah, we need to. We do. Maybe you know what we could do. Let's have some. You know fun those old time radio dramas? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we're gonna act one out. We are. Another chance to do bad voices. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. Um, okay, so uh, this story hit the hit the webs this week, <laughs> hit the interwebs as they were. Um, artist accuses Disney of ripping off Han Solo posters. Did yeah. you guys see this? This is tough. This is kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, so these it, are the uh, looks kind of similar promotional mm. posters for Solo. Feature. Um, well, let me just read a little bit of the story, then we'll get into it. This is again MovieWeb.com. Yeah. Uh, last month. Disney dropped a series of character posters for Solo featuring a unique design with the art of each character embedded within their actual name. Yeah. The Solo character posters featured Alden Ehrenreich, Han Solo, <laughs> Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian. You know, somebody asked me today, like at work, because they know I'm the Star Wars guy, who's yeah. playing Han Solo? And I almost forgot the guy's name. I'm like, Alden... Uh, Aaron, I just threw it out there. I, I couldn't pull his actual name because all I say is uh, Amelia Clark's Kiara. Yes. Kira. Kira. Sorry. Yeah. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for that. And Jonas Suatomos Chewbacca, each with a different color scheme. And now it's been revealed that this design was lifted. Translation stolen yeah from a series of 2015 album covers by french artist i'm probably gonna mess this up hakim bahaus hakim hakim bahaus, bahaus. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah here's what the artist had to say in a statement on his facebook page which featured an image with all the posters side by side with his album covers quote on the left are the official posters of the next Star Wars, parentheses Disney. On the right, the compiles for which I created in 2015 for Sony Music France Legacy Recordings France following the brief project 
uh, manager Roman Pizzon. I'm flattered that the quality of my work is recognized, but it is still pure and simple forgery. Yes, I'd also Strong like to, words. I like to add that the uh, the <laughs> the manager's name is Arpiz. So if you want to look him up on Twitter, hashtag Arpiz. Yeah, Arpiz. Um, yeah, here's the problem. Yeah, this is this is clearly plagiarized. I mean, if you look at it side by side, you know, without seeing it, you can go, okay, this guy's whatever trying yeah. to trying to you know like get himself in the media or whatever. But right. if you look at this image side by side, it's clearly a. a, a I guess at the minimum, it's a, it's it's a borrow. Yeah, but it's, it, an, hom- it's an homage. It's an homage, <laughs> but uh, it's, this it's, is this is this is artistic theft. Yeah, this is an. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it, right? It's an homage with a big dash of stolen in there because <laughs> let's 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 just start with the solo okay we're talking color scheme even the background faded uh, uh, yeah. the the look of a, a used album cover um, let's also talk about the placement of the character. You have the same yeah. character off to the right-hand side, both kind of looking off in that direction. Seriously, everything, other than just taking off the words on the top and the bottom, yeah. you have the orange-red-yellow scheme. You have the, I mean, they just added the Falcon and a couple TIE Fighters, and then every other character becomes the color sequence. Lando is the blue with the yellow, although the character doesn't have the yellow in there and the jazz thing mm. you have the purple with the uh, Kira. seriously seriously uh, i mean it's 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 a it's a complete ripoff although i'll give it's the, shocking i'll give the one credit to this is on the chewy ripoff cover they could have <laughs> added the pimp hat and maybe <laughs> oh yeah. maybe a purple like cape behind him that would have been so badass right there so rad to see Chewie in a pimp hat. I just, I need to see that now. Somebody get to the Facebooks or the the photoshops, please. Let's do it. So before folks chime in on us, uh, because we're like the hundred and thirtieth podcast uh, about Star Wars, um, so and and I and as you guys know, as I stated in episode one or two, I'm a longtime listener of Rebel Force Radio. Uh, I inadvertently was was using some of their language in the beginning of the show, our first few episodes, because I had been such a longtime listener of that show. It just sort of flowed out of my mouth, and I, yeah. I felt bad about that. Um, uh, Scott, you're an artist. I, I mean, what do you think about this? How? Do, first of all, well, I have to ask. I know you're not a lawyer, but is this is there any sort of infringement here absolutely from a legal sense absolutely um this artist obviously has a a serious case um the problem actually comes in one form they could have actually made reference to it given this guy some credit the the original artist and maybe even some sort of a payment to say look we really love your work and we want to reflect that in this new campaign that we're doing. Mm-hmm. They could have approached this differently. Instead, they went full force with their own thing. You're talking, look at this. Every single color scheme basically down the line for every poster matches yeah. exactly what this guy was doing originally. Uh, it could have been handled so much better. It's shocking how 
uh, how much they borrowed. I mean, it's not like yeah. they took a concept and tweaked it. Yeah. They just, like, it's like plug and play. Okay, so let's, let's <laughs> They just talk. plugged in Han Solo into the same color scheme and wrote Solo instead of Funk. Right. It's, it's uh, how much does, Di- do you think Disney has some resources for creative that they can come up with their own ideas. It's uh, just kind of shocking. Yeah, look at the artist talent that has come out of Disney's art department. <laughs> we're talking Tim Burton. We're talking all these incredible people. Go back into there. So it's not just the color scheme. It's not just the background scheme. It's not no. just the character location. You're talking four letters of funk, four letters of solo. There's so yeah. much that reflects the original pieces of artwork. And I, I just feel bad i mean there are obviously variations here but seriously at one point disney could have just said again how much money have they just made off yeah. the 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 lucasfilm franchise billions and billions of dollars and all they could have done was paid out a certain amount had a discussion with this guy or his agency and said, so we like your work we want to do something that's going to reflect that with our new campaign that's all they had to do at the very least just give a nod a nod just give a nod you know, but yeah. you know in the background there's going to be money exchanged there's going to be contracts written up over this there's going to be some sort of like legality that's going to be taken care of however they didn't do that and now it's going to become a much more expensive venture for Disney. So, Greg, is no, this... I, I think I think that you look to the music industry on this one because there are so many songs and it's nobody asked permission ahead of time. It's just you wait until it happens and then the you put it in front of a jury and they judge it. And, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I mean, okay. Radiohead, Radiohead just sued somebody and and they, Radiohead was famously sued way back in the day, too. So mm. it's, you know. But fair enough. Let's let's look back at the music industry real quick. I know we don't want to drag this on, but let's talk about one of the most sampled albums of all time, which was uh, Beastie Boys' "Paul's Boutique." Uh, well, that that's kind of yeah. I I see where you're going, and 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 yes, you're absolutely because they, there's so much sampling that's going on. But that was like the early days of like real like samples. I'm talking I'm talking there's there's been the suits where like you know Taylor Swift gets sued all the time because you know so the, her song is a rip off of my not a sample it's where somebody actually goes and 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 rips mm. off a song um, from a previous art uh, the 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 blurred lines one was the, was, was the big one recently was the yeah. rip off of the Marvin Gaye song yes. didn't sample it didn't sample it at all but it's the same beat. I think this mm. is more akin to that situation versus a sampling situation. I, I think that, yeah, that I was going to bring that up, Greg, that actually was uh, more than just the beat. I think there was more in there that was involved. I think there's another lawsuit that was going, if not still going on right now, I'd, I'd have to look up the actual song and the artist, but yeah, blurred lines was a very clear cut case. That was, you know, once you listen to those side by side mm. and hear that, there is obviously some plagiarism that's going on there. Yeah. And and that's what I'm seeing here. Again, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen because it's just, you know, somebody probably, you know, most likely somebody saw it somewhere and thought it would be a great homage to this person's work. Yeah. But it could have been brought up in that process and said, look, I think this is going to sell a lot and get a lot of people's butts in the theaters. But this is going to become an issue. Let's talk to management. Let's talk to legal. Let's talk to the right people and get this cleared up before it becomes a big issue. Unless they don't think it's going to be that big of an issue and they're just going to do the payoff and they're still going to make a ton, ton, ton of money. Well, if I'm if you're Disney, why not just reach out to this guy right. and say, look, 
we're Disney. We love your work. Right. We'd love to give you five grand and we're going to borrow this, this design concept. See, that's where my problem is, is because Disney has been known over the course of, what, a hundred years of borrowing <laughs> yeah, or taking almost. other people's work and reworking it into their own wonderful little manufactured thing. I mean, look at everything from The Lion King to Snow White to The Little Mermaid, you name it. Hmm. Disney takes other people's intellectual property works out whatever you know legal magic that they do the mouse magic and they make it a wonderful piece on their own why couldn't they have done that with this well they say mimicry is the is the best form of flattery sure. i suppose but uh, you know put some dollars behind it disney yeah see well, that's... again I, I i just go to the it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission that just seems to be the there way these situations always work out so yeah, yeah. yeah but i'm curious in the long run would it have cost less for them to just handle this pre-issue. I'm not saying you're wrong, Scott. I mean, I I totally agree with your position 100% here. It's just that we've seen these types of situations play out, and it's and like I say, they would they would rather just roll the dice, and it's it's a calculated risk. You know, sometimes you get caught, sometimes you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I'm 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 in that art world, and I have to understand even in, in the photography business. You know. I have to understand what is going to be an homage and what is going to be actually blatant plagiarism. I have to be very careful when I'm doing that kind of stuff, setting up a shoot, talking to clients, dealing with that kind of stuff ahead of time. Yeah. There's, there's paperwork involved. But if you had, if you had Disney money, if you had Lucasfilm money, yeah, you'd be like, ah, fuck it. I'll just do what I want to. Yeah. I got to pay somebody out later. I'll just, I'll I'll worry about that later. Yeah. Well, when I have $7 billion, I'll talk to you about that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Oh my. Well guys, we've got one last story to cover this week. Um, Oh, come on. Can we make this last another two hours? I'm having a damn good time. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) I'm going to interrupt you real quick because have hmm. you guys seen the, the movie, um, in in theater display that they've dreamed up for the solo Star Wars movies. Have you guys seen this? Yes, yes, I have, and I need to steal that or or talk a theater manager into giving it to me when they're done with it. Oh yeah, yeah. So so for people who don't know, I maybe yeah. maybe recall back to the Guardians of the, the the Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one I'd really seen something like this where they set up this couch and then because we've all seen the life size stand up displays. So for Guardians, they set up a couch. And they had all the characters kind of standing in the couch, and you could sit in the center of the couch, and it's like you're sitting with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, for this, for the Han Solo one, they've recreated the the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon with the crew all standing around the cockpit, and left an open seat for you to sit in and take a picture in the cockpit of the Millennium. I need, need, need a photo of me in that seat. And it it will happen. It will absolutely happen. There's going to be one of all of us. You know there is. Yeah, for sure. I have a proposal that we need to do for our own Facebook and Twitter page. Mm -hmm. We need to get some video footage of us attempting to steal the cockpit (laughs) out of a movie theater. Just even if it's total goof, and I'm, I'm, I'm burying the lead right here, let's do this. Where okay. we are lifting this thing up. I'm liking this. And walking through the lobby of a theater. I, I'm liking this. I'm liking this a lot. Do you, is there any way that we would get arrested? No. I mean, let's <laughs> if, if we if we go down to, to Long Beach Town Center, right? And, and, and As your attorney, oh, I'm advising you, this is totally legal. 
Okay. Okay. Good. All right. See, we have we have he uh, Greg works in a law office. My God, he knows these things. Okay, S- Steve. Our defense right now mm. it's cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you we were stealing a cardboard box. We needed cardboard reinforcement for something on a project we were working on. All right. So here's here's what we do. We get Nico to film it because in <laughs> case we get thrown in jail, he's a he's got a lot more uh, life to live than we do. Right. Let's let's care. face it. Yeah. Uh, the the four of us. <laughs> pick this thing and it's pretty big yeah. but it probably comes apart so if we damage it oh we gotta be careful yeah so okay. we're gonna we're, you know, we gotta be careful so we lift it out we take it out to the parking lot <laughs> we take some photos with it out there <laughs> and then we bring it back in okay and so we can't get you know technically we gave it back I, there, there might or not be, there we might be it. a way there might be a way to pull this off okay I, i'll talk to a few people all right. Yeah. Okay. Let's think about that. I think this is fantastic. Okay. I like that. I'm in. I'm in. Whatever it is, I'm in. We need to cut this whole segment out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll fix it in post. Don't worry about that. Uh, okay, guys. One last story, and this is uh, this is a big one. This is a big one. Uh, guys, our president. What? That's Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> suggested actually was it yesterday or was it earlier today as we record the show? I think it might have been yesterday. He was he here in Cal- yeah. he was here in California, visiting Nico actually in San in, in down south. Well, no, he's not in San Diego anymore. I guess he was. He's close. Okay. Yeah, he's down that way, he's down that, that direction. He's down that area. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, the president was here to visit uh, and check out uh, prototypes of the wall. Right, but he did use the term fences a lot. I, oh, I will did. say that. Okay. I, I don't know if he knows what a wall or a fence is, but we'll work on that. We'll talk to him. So he was down in San Diego looking at prototypes of the wall, <laughs> and uh, apparently there was a press conference, and uh, the president referenced that, well, I'm reading from time.com. Uh, are, are they fair and balanced? <laughs> they are fair and balanced. Uh, no fake news at time.com. Uh, the story is entitled President Trump says the U.S. should someday have a military space force. Space force. San Diego, President Donald Trump says there may be someday be a, quote, space force, unquote, fighting alongside the Air Force, Army, and other branches of the military. Trump was speaking Tuesday at his administration's investment in space exploration to members of the military when he said that space is becoming a, quote, war-fighting domain, (laughs) unquote. Uh, He says his idea of a new space force had started as an off-the-cuff comment, but he decided it was a great idea. No, no, I think it was a bigly idea. This is a bigly idea? Okay, who switched... His programming from Fox News to a box set of Robotech. Because I need to have a serious talk with this guy. Trump also says that, quote, uh, very soon we're going to Mars, unquote. And that wouldn't be happening if his 2016 rival, Hillary Clinton, had won. Well, we wouldn't be talking about a space force either if she had won. Well, that's because of the Rick and Lisa and Min May love triangle that was going on. And the SDF-1 was the battle cruiser that, that caused all the problems. Before you dive in here, Greg, really quick. Uh, this, of course, kicked off a Twitter frenzy, uh, which <laughs> you just have to go to HuffingtonPost.com and find the article titled, Trump's Call for a Space Force Makes Him the Laughing Stock of the Galaxy. 
only because there are many samples of tweets that came in the wake of the president's announcement. Uh, Whip it run at Whip it run quoted. I see this in our future. It is a scene from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> watching, watching watching the president give his uh, announcement. Uh, we, are, we are literally surrounded by assholes, guys. At, <laughs> at, <laughs> at depressed Darth co- uh, tweets. We call it a Death Star in my galaxy. Um, let's see here. Oh, uh, this is good. Uh, at Tara Dublin Rocks on Twitter uh, tweets, Somewhere at Hamill himself, that's Mark Hamill if you didn't know, mentally prepares for the inevitable. A phone call from the president asking him to lead the new Space Force thanks to his, quote, years of experience fighting the bad guys in space. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is just, it's just too good. Uh, at M.A. Church, that's E-M-A-E Church on Twitter. Uh, Space Force Trump's going to put a laser on the moon. <laughs> All I want is a freaking laser. Uh, going to turn the moon into a Death Star with, of course, the picture of Dr. Evil uh, giving his, uh, oh my God. his famous death star in quotes speech <laughs> from uh, Austin Powers. Good stuff on Twitter. And, uh, how was this man president? I, 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 I think my favorite, my personal favorite one was a picture of, of, it was, it was based on a Knuckle Sam photo, you know, with the guy standing pointing, you know, I want you, that kind of thing. It just said, it's, it said space force at the top. And it's a picture of Johnny Rico from Starship Troopers <laughs> pointing directly at you. Oh, oh my God. There's another good one here. This is at, uh, C H I B I Lex at Chibi Lex on Twitter. It just says LOL, and it is a picture from Spaceballs that apparently has been doctored with Dark Helmet <laughs> as Trump, as Trump, <laughs> and uh, Putin as his right hand man. There, <laughs> uh, good, good, good stuff. Oh my! God. Uh, yeah, there's a reference to the uh, "We're surrounded by assholes" um, quote <laughs> from Spaceballs. Oh, this is a good last one here. At Alec Combs on Twitter, Trump, I want to wage a war with space. Cabinet. <laughs> but who, though? Trump, have you seen the documentaries lately about space? The one with Mark Hamill. Cabinet. Uh, <laughs> sir, that's Star Wars. Trump, see, the war has already started. <laughs> My Trump sounds a little bit like a, a deeper George Lucas, by the way. <laughs> Uh, good yeah, stuff. That's accurate. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff on the Twitter. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, we've uh, come to man, this. Space Force, guys. Man. I mean, Space Force. Somewhere Barack Obama is sitting on a beach and he's like, fucking Space Force? Really? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just too good to be true. It's just absolutely too good to be true. Oh, All right, guys. That means uh, we are done with the news. That means this is next. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, what do you got for us this week? Stevie B, I'm really glad, really glad actually, that you uh, kicked us off with that wonderful story about the Space Force because I have found... A new 
Star Wars Twitter feed that I'm going to be following, and you should too. It's Ooh. at Death Star PR. The name, of course, <laughs> Death Star PR Public Relations, guys. And just from uh, March the 7th, just a few days back, it says... Nice. Hard to believe that the Galactic Empire can now be legitimately can now legitimately claim to offer better job security than the White House. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's good. I like oh that. A little bit late on the rim shot, but that's strong, oh very god. strong. It's uh, the, I, whoever's writing the Death Star PR. They they deserve oh. a job in PR. I think you, think you should hire this person immediately. Oh man, <laughs> so I'm gonna be following these guys. Like I say, you should too. Nothing from. Um, Nothing from Slutty Ray this week, huh? Uh, you gotta, you gotta take the man. You gotta get a shot if you read in too many of those in a in a week. So you gotta. Take those <laughs> <easy>. <laughs> oh, I love the Twitter. I hear uh, the Death Star PR guy that's writing the Twitter feed. Uh, I think he's up for Secretary of State right now. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah. The job, the job is open. <laughs> Why don't we just steal it for real, guys? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking this this might be a mini episode of the Wretched Hive podcast coming to your ear holes very soon. I love this idea. Thanks. Let's commit theft and put it on the internet. <laughs> By the way, let's telegraph it and then do it and then put it online. We probably nothing bad can happen, right? Seriously. Are we having a problem with this? Have you not followed the president on Twitter? That's a good point. We have a great idea here. Oh my god. We're we're recruiting it for the Space Force, guys. That's what we're doing. <laughs> it's, it's the beginning of our ship. We're going to build it from cardboard. Oh man. Well, if you have ever uh, committed grand larceny, uh, give us a call and led space theft. Give us a call and tell us all about it. Call the Wretched Hive Hotline, 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE, in case you can't spell HIVE. Uh, we're also on Facebook. That's at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. On Twitter, at Wretched Hive Pod. Uh, you can also find us on the web. Our official home on the web is uh, thewretchedhive.net. Where every week yours truly posts the show notes and other links, show announcements, etc. Go check it out. You know the, uh, the show notes because God knows we don't. Now <laughs> <laughs> one fifth of us of us of us read the show notes every week, and he's the one that puts them together. Uh, actually, we our website got like a couple hundred hits the other day when we posted about the trivia night coming up at Timeless Pints on May 3rd. Really? Yeah, nice. like 200 hits. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, guys, episode 57 is in the books. Guys, final thoughts on episode 57. Can't wait till we get some of our bros back. Um, it's fun hanging out with you guys, but I mean, come on. I can only talk to you for so long. <laughs> wait a minute. Dave and ne Nico aren't together are they i wonder if they're out together tonight anyway have a great week may the force be with us all come back